Happy New Year's, everybody. Welcome to the Four Doorsman Show on New Year's Eve. Today is a very, very special show for a number of reasons, Sam. Yes, it is, Mark. First of all, why don't you tell us where we are right now? We are doing the inaugural. Is that a good word? Inaugural. Yep. Uh, radio. The, the. The. We're doing the official first kickoff radio broadcast live from Capra Sporting Goods in Blaine, Minnesota. We are sitting, why don't you describe for the audience, because this is radio, where are we sitting, what does it look like, Give our paint a, a picture of the mind, if you will. Yeah, so Mark and I are sitting in a loft, I would say, <laughs> Yeah. in a loft that overlooks the, right now we're overlooking the gun section, we can see into archery, we have Fred Ardoff um, to our right working guns right now, he's our gunsmith which he'll be joining us soon. You can hear him in the background. So (laughs) it's going to be new for everybody to hear, you know, live noises in the background, but it's such a fun atmosphere. People can come and join us and watch us if you want. Um, We'll have chairs up here. Um, We'll have an extra mic in case people want to chime in. But, yeah, so we're excited. It's going to be fun. Uh, Strew is on his way, or probably actually now he's in. Jamaica. Yeah, Strew's gone for this trip, but I know he'll be listening. Right now, there's a wild boar just staring at me. Yeah, it is intimidating with all the wildlife on the wall. <laughs> I can't, I don't know whether to concentrate on that or the 30,000 fishing plaques that the cappers have won to our left. <laughs> no, I'm super excited to be here for many reasons. Um, like I said, we're going to be able to have uh, audiences or guests come into the store. We can interact with people a little bit more. Um, we're going to do our best uh, to get the sound just right. If if there's any questions or concerns, we'll get that worked out. So bear with us on this first one. But Sam, you did a great job setting this up and getting us all really cool stuff. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm not going to lie. There was some stressful moments. You know, I bought we bought this new you know board, like a studio right. board, and all the mics and stuff. And I've probably put about four or five hours in just trying to get the dang thing to record yeah um yeah. i've been to best buy seven times <laughs> they know me by name i just have an open tab now to exchange external hard drives until i found the one that worked but we found it they're we probably found- like another guy starting a podcast <laughs> yeah for real you're the know. 15th guy today yeah and i'm like no you guys you don't understand this is live radio <laughs> this is actual radio uh but yeah no it's exciting and no thank to you thanks thank to you thank you for uh helping out with the you're gonna hear this first right now mm-hmm. we're eventually gonna be having video to these yeah yeah that's uh, an important element for anyone doing a broadcast we're gonna have video we're gonna do social media it's gonna be an all-out media blitz for the four doorsmen you can watch us you can come here you can listen at the normal radio time so uh we're moving into the next century here and we are we're gonna be available everywhere i feel like we're Running into 2023, so high tech, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I feel like I'm 2023 technology way wise before 23 is even coming here. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, we are we are the we're cutting the edge. We're the cutting edge of the future. Speaking of that, this is the New Year's Eve show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Please drive safely. I'm. I don't know about you, but I'm completely done with going out on New Year's Eve. Uh, yeah, I would say the same. Um, but we had a wedding. You have a wedding on this New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve, we have a wedding. Yeah, so don't drink too much. No, no, I won't. I uh, 
honestly, I'm treating it as a casual date. Hopefully be home by 10, 1030 yep. in bed. You know, in the previous years, for those of you who have kids, definitely you can use this to your advantage. Kirsten and I, my beautiful wife, Kirsten, I'm going to start saying that like Strew. We should yeah, all just start saying that. Definitely. My beautiful wife, Kirsten, had come up with, I don't know if her or her sisters can claim this, but we would watch last year's ball drop at 9 o'clock. And so the kids would think like, mm-hmm. five, four, happy new like year. Like the, the YouTube thing. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they, we'd put them to bed by 9, 15, 9, 20, and then Kirsten and I would just zone. I don't remember the last midnight <clears throat> on New Year's Eve that I was awake. Well, you know, the East Coast one <clears throat> is at 11. So usually we do the East Coast one. There you and go. And then call it a wrap. I'm kind of an idiot for not thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, know, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, we'll do a little kind of recap of, of 2022, man. A lot of big things happen. Big year for us. It, it was a weird year for the outdoors in general. Mm-hmm. Um, coming off kind of the... COVID push, you know, you saw a big jump of people getting into the outdoors mostly last year, and it seems like it corrected a little, itself a little bit this year, but, yep. you know, hopefully a lot of those people can, <clears throat> you know, continue and keep keep going, and now that you own an outdoor sporting goods store, let's hope that that continue keeps going. Yeah, absolutely. And people don't need to be, you know, locked out of things to still enjoy the outdoors. Yeah, and there was a big rush of new outdoors men and women. Uh, and I think that went hand in hand with people not prepared for that on top of COVID, which obviously COVID helped and caused, but ammo was short. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still certain, you know, rounds like 20 gauge, you know, shotgun sabots you can't find. There's, but everything is slowly coming back. And yeah. thankfully, like our guys downstairs have fantastic relationships with vendors to get us the product we need. Yeah, you guys are kind of notorious for for having things a lot of people don't. So uh, keep that in mind before you go to the other stores that Capris probably has it. But um, how about personally for the outdoors? What, you know, what big things happen? I know that it's been such a crazy year with you getting the store that you haven't been able to enjoy the beautiful land you have. But you worked hard on a food plot. You have horses. Yeah, (laughs) it has been a big year if you stop and look at it, you know. Um, I'm very blessed and I'm very thankful, you know, for everything. And, you know, you know, as well as, and, and we've, I've said this on the show, there was, there was about five or six months this year that were very hard, you oh, know? Yeah. Um, but man, it was all worth it. You know what they say, you know, a couple, you know, cliche phrases here. It's always darkest before the dawn, right? Mm-hmm. No sacrifices, no victories. And, uh, <clears throat> it's, it was rough, but you know what? It's all worth it. I'm very thankful for my family. Um, I couldn't do this without them. Yes, we have horses, which I would have never thought I had. Would have had horses. <laughs> I love them; they're so therapeutic. Yes, we bought Capra Sporting Goods. You know, we built a house. Yeah, we're out on there now. And yes, I've been doing food plots. Yeah, food plots are coming along. So, what have you learned so far besides watering your food plot with buckets of water? What what <laughs> things have you learned so far, and how are you going to improve for next year? Are you going to change what you plant, or are or how you till, or is there anything that you're like, why did I do that? I think I'm going to do a little bit more of testing soil. I would do it, and I'd always make this plan, like, I'm going to test the soil. Like, I'm going to get the pH levels, make sure that, you know, I got to put enough lime in it and stuff. I'd always, like, do that and get up to that part, and then, like, kind of, like, 
do 50% of what I should do. Like, I was just lazy through it. <laughs> well, so, he had a lot going on. Too. True. And, but I think, like, what, I, what I'm going to do now is really take the time to do the prep, mm-hmm. uh, make sure the soil is right. Um, and Kirsten will love to hear this. Like, no joke, she will. We're going to fence in our big one because <laughs> Kirsten and I spend so much hard work. I can't even take credit. Kirsten spent so much time planting corn. Uh-huh. And I don't even think it got more than two or three inches, and the deer just mowed it down, just plucked it all out. I mean, would a fence even stop them? Yeah, you do what they call it's like a three D fence, if you will. Like, let's say you surround the acre of I have an acre and a half of corn, like your stand that you hunt out of my property. Um, you you do like a six foot tall fence, and then like four feet outside of that one, you do like a three and a half foot tall fence so when a deer comes up to it they they see the two different heights and they know that they can't jump over the first one to get over that second one okay um so it's kind of a depth perception thing um so yeah i'm definitely doing that and uh so you're gonna do that just for crops you want to grow yes right but i mean it's it's definitely crops for personal use you know Mm -hmm. like i hope to have you have a full bushel of sweet corn next year i'm down but also, we're going to take it down once it comes. Because my goal for me and you, Mark, is to be in the woods more next year. Yes. I, you have that bow now. Yep. We have unlimited resource right here for whatever. We, we have no excuses. I've gotten through the process of, of shooting a deer as an adult. Yeah. So now, you know, it's been so long. You know, I kind of, again, I've learned what to do and what not to do, what I'm not going to do next time. Um, I made a lot of... Uh, snack sticks yeah and i totally screwed it up oh. <laughs> I, I cooked them too much and they're like leather oh, are they? <laughs> so it's like oh, were they thick and, um no like snack like thin snacks they oh, weren't like summer sausage yeah. they were thin ones the recipe from walton's was awesome the taste is great but i don't have a smoker and i screwed it up i put it on a pellet grill and the outsides you know where the heat comes up yeah we're just fried i was able to save some in the middle but, yeah, uh, I'm sure there's some trick for somebody having a pellet smoker who's done it. But yeah, don't <clears> overload <throat> it. That's whenever, the one thing. <laughs> yeah, whenever I uh, I tell my wife about that all about time about the washer and dryer, not to overload it because we've gone through them like you know they're going out of style. Anyway, um, <clears throat> the smokers are definitely I've watched a lot of video, you yep. know, and those are by far the best because you can hang it too. yeah that's what you're supposed to do hang it over yeah. a bar like i had to lay everything flat and i yeah. had three tiers and there probably wasn't very good circulation yeah of but air like so. i said there's probably somebody who's like perfected the pellet grill mm-hmm. method because that's all they have you know i'm like that guy and it's like i don't have a pellet gr- i have a pellet grill but i need the smoker so i went and got the smoker yeah. oh I, I have this type of smoker i need this type of smoker because i watch this video <laughs> and then you watch the one guy on youtube is like i've learned how to do all four of these on one unit and i'm like dang it don't tell my wife yeah yeah that's definitely uh on the docket for me is perfecting the crowd i made brats that turned out pretty good so i got that going for me and the jerky turned out great i just really and you did that you did that uh goose jerky that turned out good or those poppers yep yep poppers poppers. so i'm learning i'm learning it uh for me in the outdoors it was a great year i went to alaska for the first time in my life cool with my dad and that was just one of the most memorable trips of my life and so 2022 will always be remembered uh for my alaska trip i hope to do it again sometime um I, I blew through the fish faster than I ever thought I would. So at first, I gave too much away. <clears throat> yeah. The first thing. Always the first problem. 
But that was enjoyable. I spent two weeks at cabins um, trying out new lakes. I, I want to make it my goal to, to master a Minnesota lake every year. Yeah. Right? So I spent a week on cast. I certainly didn't master it until a really nice guy helped us at the end and we caught fish. <laughs> yeah. But I spent the week struggling to, <clears throat> to try to catch fish. So um, I'm more familiar with cast, which is great. And I spent a week at Lake Plantagenet with our friends. Yep. Um, at Balsam Beach Resort. Like Kirsten and I joined you. Yeah, spent a great week there, started learning that lake. So there's so many lakes that I have never really explored, and we live around so many that I really need to do it. Yeah. It, it, I mean, we are really, really blessed. You know, my cousins came here from uh, their New Hampshire, and we were talking about different types of, you know, fishing. It's like they only have so many options of where they can go. Yep. Ours is endless. You know, we could go wherever we wanted to you know we have so we're so lucky to live in this or blessed to live in this state where we can go fish and Mm -hmm. even if you don't have a boat you can dock fish on almost every lake or you know go ice fishing we really are very blessed but i was just gonna say too like as you're talking you did have like a huge like in the world of the karate world, <laughs> I feel like you got a few more colors of belts this year. I do. I do, too. Uh, again, like I said, we sh- I shot a deer with my son, Nick. Um, you know, we went to two different areas. I went to Alaska. So it's it's going to be – it was a great year, and I'm looking forward to kind of expanding my knowledge in the outdoors. My biggest goals for 2023, shoot a turkey. Yep. Oh, yeah. Has not happened yet. I've done it for five years. I've seen many jakes, many hens, but have not shot a gobbler. So that is – a big, big goal of mine. Um, I'm going to get back to Canada this year with my dad, I believe. We're going to go oh, fishing. Oh, flying? Yeah. So Sweet. it's been uh, a long time since I've done that with him. And now that they're not quite as crazy up there and we'll yeah. let me back across the border, I think I'm going to go. Yeah. But, uh, and bow hunting. Put bow hunting on and that. And put bow hunting on. So those are the, my big ones for this coming year, and I'm really excited to uh, take everyone along for the ride. Yeah, and my, my I guess mine for 2023 is... <clears throat> I'd like to hunt more on my property. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like you're such a gracious host. Like you host people all the time and you never get out yourself. Yeah. But it's, that's fun too though. Yeah, it is fun. You know, and I want to shoot a Turkey out there. Um, Jerry, uh, Riggy who works here, he's going to, he told James, he's going to bring him. And so James is pumped. James got a new little 20 gauge thing for Christmas. So he's, he's ready to shoot a Turkey. Kirsten and I are going to be celebrating 10 years of marriage this year. And just like most wives, you know, you say like, hey, what what should we do for a 10-year? And Kirsten came back and said she wants to go on an elk trip. Wow. Yeah, legitimately she wants to go. And she's like, I don't care if I shoot one. I'll just go along. You can shoot one. I was like, we could find it where you could shoot a bull or if you didn't want to, you could shoot, you know, a cow, a female elk. And... I was like, how Not cool? Not a cow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> clarify for some, you know. Um, my dad's watching, so I had to clarify that. Um, Our first audience member. Yeah. Shout out to uh, shout out to my dad over there. Um, so she was like, so I talked to wow. Nick Munt. Mm-hmm. So Nick Munt, you know, used to guide, and he still has a lot of, for all the listeners, Nick Munt is super connected with guides and outfitters. And he, he still, like, you he has no problem. He actually puts a certain email out on social media for you to reach out to him, and he'll help you book a hunt. Cool. And so he's looking for a good hunt for us. I don't want to spend an arm and a leg, but 
I honestly, I've been to New Mexico, you know, and I spent a lot of money and I came back with nothing. So I told Nick, I was like, I want to shoot an elk. It doesn't have to be the world's biggest elk. I don't care if it's a rifle or a bow. Yep. If I'm going with my wife, like, yep. I want to have that experience. Yep. I don't care. You know, most people are like, go do it with a bow. Like, no. 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 I'm going to shoot one. <laughs> yeah. Like, because we went bow hunting in New Mexico, and if I would have had a gun, we would have tagged out the first day. Well, that's the thing. Like, you, you want to experience it first, probably. Like a lot of whitetail hunters, get one with a gun, learn the process, and then and then you can get crazy. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, then, if, and if you, like, your wife wants to come with you, like, and, or even any newbie, like shoot an animal and har- or I should say harvest an animal so they can experience that yeah because they'll they'll be hooked then yep. you know it do- you don't always have to be we talk about this I talk about this all the time you don't have to be like the best of the best you don't have to be like oh you know I did this wearing a loincloth and a spear using a spear you know yep. like it's okay to shoot one with a rifle yes you know like yes it is and it's okay to shoot a smaller buck like it's yes. okay it like, is okay yeah we all want, dream of shooting the monster <laughs> buck but you got to start somewhere. You definitely have to start somewhere. <clears throat> Thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in on this New Year's Eve. We have a great show for you tonight. Up next is Fred. The rest of the show is going to be dedicated to guns. For those of you that are gun lovers, we're going to talk different kinds of guns, the life of a gunsmith, all sorts of great stuff. Coming up soon or next after the break on The Four Outdoorsmen. The Four Outdoorsmen is being recorded live at Capra Sporting Goods. You're listening to The Four Outdoorsmen, part of Bob Outdoors. You've heard us talking about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit devilslakend.com, and thanks. Dezeal Heating and AC has let the dogs out. For a limited time, buy two, get one free. That's right, buy a furnace and AC and get a free water heater. If your water heater is getting up there in age, there's a good chance it's the same age as your heating and cooling system. Save on monthly utility bills with new, efficient equipment that comes with a free, industry-leading warranty. Dezeal Heating and AC, serving Wright County and the West Metro. For details, call our comfort consultants or go to DezealHVAC.com. 2023 is the year to get outside, get hunting, get fishing. The place with all your needs for those adventures is Capper's Outdoors. Sam, tell them what they can get at Capper's. Yeah, we have everything from guns, ammo, all the accessories. We have a full archery selection with the greatest bows, greatest accessories. We have a 20-yard range. And not only do we have that, we have all your fishing gear for both ice fishing and open water. Come here, ask the experts. Capra Sporting Goods in Blaine, Minnesota. National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic is coming back to Minneapolis February 17th through the 19th at the Minneapolis Convention Center. See seminars on hunting, dogs cooking, and conservation. Vendors selling the latest and greatest of everything. Youth Village connects kids with nature and check out dogs, dogs, and more dogs starting with the Bird Dog Parade on Friday night. It's truly a wonderful experience whether you upland hunt or not. Buy tickets or see seminar lists at pheasantsforever.org. You want a cool lake trout fishing experience? Head to Ely, an Arrowhead Outdoors Bait Tackle Hunt Camp Store, Minnesota's stream and lake trout headquarters. Arrowhead carries the largest selection of lake trout tackle found any place in northern Minnesota and 
They're the only ones in Ely running houses for targeting lake trout. Dates are filling fast, and sharing a lake trout fishing trip on the doorstep of the Boundary Waters means memories that are going to last a lifetime. <laughs> you might even catch a walleye or two. Arrowhead Outdoors, the very, very best. Get a voucher for two tickets and two large popcorns valid at any Minnesota Imagine Theater for just 19 bucks. Details at DealsOnRadio.com. Deals on Radio. Deals on Radio. The number one request of soldiers is take care of my family. And that's exactly what the Minnesota Military Family Foundation does. We take care of the military family in times of financial crisis. Please donate at minnesotamilitaryfamilyfoundation.org. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-841-0908. 800-841-0908. Don't wait. Call now. 800-841-0908. 800-841-0908. The Four Outdoorsmen is being recorded live at Capra Sporting Goods. Welcome everybody back to the Four Outdoorsmen on this Sunday night. 2023 is in full effect. We have a great show. Thanks for joining us tonight. And remember to uh, stay safe out there and... uh, we have a very special guest right now, Fred. Fred, what is your last name, sir? Last name's Ardoff. Uh, Fred Ardoff at Capra's Outdoors is the gunsmith, so we thought it would be fun to have an, an Ask the Gunsmith couple sections here, um, learn more about the craft, about your history, and talk guns. We like guns. Sam's a gun nut. I'm a gun nut. Yeah. I, if you say gun nut, though, here, like yeah. they'll, everyone will kind of giggle. Yeah. About me, you know, because you like even Fred and you talk to Jerry or Todd, like all of a sudden this gun, like some guy will buy a gun online, they'll have it shipped here, do the background check. Mm-hmm. And like you, Todd and Fred's for the same way, sees like three inches of the gun, like, oh, that's a 1964 <laughs> Glenfield 22. Should I say enthusiasts? You're not, yeah. a, you're not, we're not experts. I, I would say that I have more knowledge about military firearms from probably world war ii like i have very obscure from documentaries yes i have very obscure firearms knowledge um i grew up with guns shooting guns uh i'm i'm a quasi collector not to the level of a lot of people but i like having one of anything cool right and so uh but i'd like to learn more i'd like to learn more about gunsmithing i'd like to learn more about um history and we have just the man for that job here with us, right? Yeah. Now. So Fred Ardoff, um, he is he runs his own company. He's out of Capra Sporting Goods. We're super, super, super excited to have him here. Why don't you give our listeners a little bit of a background on Fred? Well, I started in this industry probably, oh gosh, in the early, well, mid eighties. Um, 1986, I started working for a retailer called Burger Brothers 
in the metro area here. A lot of folks will be um, very familiar with them. Um, it was uh, probably it started me down the path. It was a wonderful environment to work in, very much like the one that I'm in here now. Where was that shop? The store that I started in with 90th and Lindale in Bloomington. Okay. Uh, but at that time, they had the 44th and France store. Um, and a lot of, uh, it's kind of fun watching uh, watching the folks come and go in here and visiting with the different eras yeah. of the Burger guys slash Gander Mountain guys, etc that come through the doors here. And whenever I start to talk about somebody, hey, I saw this person or saw that person, and I get the blank stare, I have to ask them, what era were you? <laughs> because I was there the whole time. Right. So it's a lot of fun. It's um, a lot of, you know, there was much like this place, like this location here, there is such a wealth of knowledge when you start to listen to people. And you don't have that in a lot of other retailers. Yeah. You've got a lot of... Um, you got a lot of young sales guys that are trying to, you know, get into the business, and 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 it's wonderful. You've you've got to try that. Um, I watch my boys and hope for that type of experience yeah. for them in the future. Um, but back then, you you had to sit down when you applied to the Burger Brothers store. You sat down and you wrote kind of a synopsis of your life. What you know what you've done, what you'd like to do, what you aspire to do, and why you thought you should work there. And um, it made a big difference. It was, uh, you got a lot of folks, and they were okay if you didn't have a lot of experience. You were going to get it, you know. Were you officially trained as a gunsmith, or is that something you learned once you... No, I, um, so I worked my way up through the, um, through, through the stores and became a store manager. Mm -hmm. And um, at one of the locations I was at, I hired a gentleman who was a master gunsmith, whose father was a gunsmith, and I started to work with him. And then just stayed there. Yeah. It was, you know. Found what you love. It it was fantastic. And then um, when he moved on, I stayed with with Gander Mountain. And the neat thing with Gander is um, at the time, we had 160 locations. We had 160 gunsmiths. We had a central gunsmith shop. If you ever wanted to upgrade your skills, you could go down to the central shop and you worked with a handful of guys that were just really specialized. Mm-hmm. What do you want to learn? Glass bedding? Do you want to learn? You know, let's do it. You spend the week. And you were in there, you know, in there every day from start to finish, and that's what you worked on. So it was, you know, remarkable experience. It's, uh, it's one of those things when you, when you start down the path, you just stay there. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. I remember, you know, obviously at Gander, they had their pro plans and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And after a while. What is that exactly? So if you bought a gun from Gander Mountain, they'd offer you a $29.99 or $29.99 pro plan that you get like a free cleaning, you get discounts on gunsmithing stuff. It was kind of like a extended warranty. Extended warranty. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, um, you were saying that every Gander had 160, or 160 stores. You had 160 gunsmiths, pretty much. That wasn't like that for the whole time, though. No, no. They, um, what they did is they started uh, just like everything. They streamlined, streamlined, yeah. streamlined, and they went to uh, 17 regional shops. So I was the regional shop in the metro area here, Minneapolis, St. Paul area, and you know as far south as. Um, Rochester, um, all the way up to Forest Lake. Right. And so these folks would come into the store, they would check your gun in, and they say, no problem, we'll ship it out for you. Well, 
the issue was, guys, well, what do you mean ship it out? <laughs> yeah. Where are you going to ship it? Right. Well, we're, we're shipping it over to Fred. He's, he's right over in Woodbury. No, no, I'll, I'll just go meet this Fred. If yeah. he's in Woodbury, I'll just drive over there. Right. I'm not, you're not going to ship my gun. Right. right. It is a very, you know, so you and I have been in the, any of Mark's been in this industry long enough to realize that like shipping a gun isn't really that scary. Yeah. <laughs> it does, how many guns come in this, this door every day? But it, it is like a, for a consumer to be like, yeah, we'll just ship it. You're like, not, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. you know you're not shipping grandpa's gun. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. Or you want to talk to the person exactly. that is fixing it, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Like this is your baby. This is yep. what you do. This is what you love. You don't want to just have it checked in and then, you know, you want to say, "Hey, this is the problem. Let me show you." and, mm-hmm. and go through it. And uh, I can see how people would be nervous about that. Yep. Oh yeah. So you, you get that all the time, you know. The, you know, it's interesting when you were talking about um, you know, your interest in different firearms and different types of firearms and you get that you get folks that are interested in that you know or they have a lot of the current Mm -hmm. you know ar platforms um you know certain striker fired pistols etc and then you've got folks military stuff you Mm -hmm. know and so they come in with their military stuff and i've got one of these and one of those but i'm really looking you know one of these days i need to get a a, a, i want to i want a good mauser good mauser and or an enfield or whatever it might be you know mine has always been my interest is in, you know, Northwoods deer guns, you know, 1950s right. and 60s Northwoods deer guns yep. and then waterfall guns. But that's what I was brought up around. Right. right. So that's why the interest is there. So, yep. And the thing I like about Fred is Fred is a old slash new school gunsmith. Like you can work on the old stuff. He can work on the new stuff. He's, you know, and he's good. You know, we have people come in every day, you know, coming up, talking to Fred and Fred takes the time. He's so knowledgeable. So you were at Gander and then did it even get smaller than the regional at one point? No. Well, no, it went to the regional structure. And then, um, you know, one of the one of the problems was they you still had a certain amount of the grumpy old gunsmiths were -hmm. still around and they, um, you know, multitasking, I think, was kind of an an issue. Yeah. And so they decided they were going to do away with the window. So they they had so they somebody didn't have to talk to anybody. No. So you'd have you'd, you'd <laughs> right. come in yeah. and you go. You know, I need to. Um, I need to. You know, I need to bring a gun in for service. Oh yeah, no problem. They get on the computer. We can do that for you. And they check it in, and they're like, okay, thanks. And you know, they give them the service yeah. order, and they go, well, you know, I used to be able to come in and talk to Fred. Well, yeah, no, we're we we check them in now. So and Fred's in the back saying like. I miss you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I miss you guys. Well, so then they decided, nope, we want we want to talk to Fred. You've got to, you know, you, and so what happens is you would leave work in order to go and visit with the customer. Right. And the the difficult part about with that is you're leaving work. And so you'd go out and visit with them. Then you'd have to come back to the. I always liked the idea. I mean, I was a big fan of the window. Yeah, you'd have your coffee clutch that would come in and visit. But you would be able to talk to them about potential work. Right. Right. Or, or I'm sure people just want to ask you general questions, even if, you know, everyone has questions about their firearms, how to make it work better. What, why is it sticking? So that relationship leads to future business. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And it's good for the company, even though it doesn't pay off immediately right now. Well, and that's just it. it you know, um, a lot of folks just want to, they want to bend your ear. And the more you talk to them, the more they feel comfortable around you, then they're going to bring you, you know. Their cherished gun. And if you're sitting behind a gun counter and, and someone brings in a gun and say, 
hey, it's, it's, you know, let's say it's jamming and it's a simple fix. Someone from behind the gun counter could tell them it's a simple fix and they're like, oh, okay. But then if a gunsmith tells them, oh, it was a simple fix and here's why, they're like, oh, okay. Well, and that's they just feel it, better about it. You, you know, you troubleshoot it. So, you know, the gun is jamming. Was it failure to eject or clear? Is it failure to feed? Is it having problems coming out of the magazine? Is it, you know, identify the problem a little bit more. Right. right? So we know which path we're going to go yeah. down. It's like when you take your car into a shop, you know, the more descriptive you can be, the quicker you can get mm-hmm. to the point. Yeah, because you know it mean? always stops the minute you pull in the parking lot. Or is that almost bad for you when people are trying to diagnose and fix it themselves? So they'll oh, sit there great. and drop security. So then what do you do? Mm. They make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that yeah. with guns. I've, I've tried to disassemble and same with cars. And it's like I'm in a worse spot than I was before. Right. And your example about the cars is spot on except for... Fred's not going to change your brakes, even though they don't need to be changed yet. <laughs> you know, he's not going to take advantage of anybody. <laughs> yeah, sure. we can't let you yeah. leave. We got to yeah. change your transmission. While you hear the tread on the tires a little low. <laughs> yeah, we just, I noticed this during the. <laughs> so, Mark, you got a couple questions for Fred. You were talking. Oh, no, let's, let's finish his after Gander. Gander went away. So Gander Gander went away, and um, you know I'd been doing this quite a while. So it was one of those things I gotta I gotta figure something out so that I can continue to do what I like. Yeah. And um, I you know I visited with a lot of my buddies in the industry, um, a lot of these same guys that Sam knows. You know some sales reps from various companies, etc. And I showed my interest. And I started to look at, you know, various locations. I could do start it myself. I really wanted to be a business inside a business yep. because that's always worked real good for everybody. Yeah. And um, I showed, you know, interest in, uh, in Capra's. And by the time I came through the doors, you know, I, I walked through the doors, introduced myself to Dino. And Dean said, um, he said, so you're the guy. And he said, um, I'm not sure what you paid these guys to say such nice things about you, but uh, here's the deal. I'd like, you know, he says, if we can make this spot work, you take a look at it. If we can make this spot work, I'm on board. Let's try it. And I said, you know, you'll be surprised. And it just, it fired up from the get-go. And how long have you been here? This is, um, I want to say, my sixth anniversary here. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and the, the nice thing about people who come to Capra's, and I'm sure everyone knows, but there's that loft area above the gun counter, and that's where Fred has half that loft. And he's got, uh, you know, it looks like about four or five guns have exploded on the desk, but there's a rhyme and a reason because I've sat and watched him put it together. I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's that many parts. So when you have Fred clean your gun, he's just not running a uh, a wet cloth down the barrel. <laughs> guns have been, you know, the, the parts of the guns are that the sun don't shine. He cleans those. So you've been here. You uh, six year coming up. Are you? Is it everything you imagined? Oh yeah, I love it. It's uh, you know, it, it just like everything else. You know, everything is a job. There's no question. But there isn't a morning I wake up and go, oh, gosh, well, here we go again. Right. You know, it's more, what am I going to see today? Yeah. You know, I was just tell- showing you guys in 1969 Belgian Browning A5 20-gauge that looks like brand new. Yeah. You know, for a gun 53 years old and to come in, and it's never been cleaned. <laughs> this gun had never been taken apart. Um, but, you know, from the exterior, it looks wonderful. The inside is all dried and gooey yep. and... But um, 
Yeah, it, it's so fun to watch the different things. You never know what the gun next gun case is going to look like. And you know what's funny about those old school guns like that, how how they've never been cleaned, but it's ran for 40-some years. You well, know, this like... one, <laughs> this particular one was in storage for quite a while. Oh. And, um, but I but, bet it's still a shot for 30 years. Yeah, you know, the, and that's what a lot of guys there are like, no, it, it, it gives me the fits every year, and I always mean to bring it in, but then I don't, and it's, you know, and then it's the night before the season, and here we go again. So, yeah. And then I vow I'm going to bring it in right afterwards, and I still don't do it. And, yeah, word of the wise, don't call Fred you know, November 3rd, asking to get your deer gun cleaned before the season. In. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, be smart. Bring it in right now. When's your dead times win? Probably right now. Yeah. It, well, Bring your I, guns in now. I get a lot of my good customers, um, you know, that I've had for years. This is when they bring them in, you know, and um, it might be because I've informed them this is when they should yeah. bring them in. I them. said, you know, I said my new, I said, the the month before season is for new customers. Right. I said, you guys should know better. Right. I said, you wait all year for it, just like I do. Don't, you know, I said, um, I kind of attribute it to this. Nobody's concerned with their lawnmower right now. Right. Except the guys that's really serious about yeah. lawn mowing. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. but, you know, somebody like me who would pave the whole thing and paint it green, I'm not thinking about a lawnmower. Right. But I am thinking, you know, I... I my guns are ready to go all the time because yeah. the time is too sparse in the fall. We wait for it all year. Yeah, exactly. Especially someone like Fred. The nice thing about Fred too is not only a gunsmith, he's you're an avid outdoorsman. You know, you got he's got two boys, Blake and Zach, and they're thirteen. Eleven and fourteen. Eleven and fourteen. Both super, super let's give them a shout out for cleaning our studio that Mark yeah. and I already messed up again we came we we did this backdrop or um wall that mark did i should say um and it was beautiful but we had all of our mess everywhere and i came up and fred had his boys in because i think what they had a snow day yep and it was spotless and good kids love to you know be outside and so they're uh that's what's nice about fred is he loves the outdoors he understands and you know i i, I love that about you fred you, you understand not only guns but you're you're a user yourself. Well, the, the everybody gives me grief. We head up, head up to camp, and my truck is always brimming with stuff. I mean, you know, <laughs> and they look, and my father, my father-in-law, will get out of the. He gets out of his truck, and it's pristine. <laughs> and I said, "You got to pack for one. I got to pack for three and trace." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and awesome. you have to have a kit just in case you have to fix fix the guns. Well, we're going to come back with Fred. We're going to ask him some really interesting questions. Make sure you stick around. We're going to talk about his favorite hunting guns. We're going to talk about some of the crazy ones he's worked on and maybe some of the worst ones he's ever worked on. We'll Coming see. up next on The Four Outdoorsmen. The Four Outdoorsmen is being recorded live at Capra Sporting Goods. 5FM wants to pay off your bills. I just won $1,000. Let's get you on Bob's bankroll. I like that. <laughs> it's your chance to add $1,000 to your bank account every weekday. Every weekday. Every day. Wow. Wow. Listen for the contest keyword at 8, 11, 3, and 7. Okay, cool. Then enter it at mybobcountry.com for a chance to win in this national contest. Each keyword is another opportunity for you to win Bob's bankroll. La 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 
2023 is the year to get outside, get hunting, get fishing. The place with all your needs for those adventures is Cappers Outdoors. Sam, tell them what they can get at Cappers. Yeah, we have everything from guns, ammo, all the accessories. We have a full archery selection with the greatest bows, greatest accessories. We have a 20-yard range. And not only do we have that, we have all your fishing gear for both ice fishing and open water. Come here, ask the experts, Capra Sporting Goods in Blaine, Minnesota. So you've never been to Devil's Lake, North Dakota? You gotta. Devil's Lake has been rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country for many years for many reasons. Hey, plenty of walleyes, of course, with no slot limits. You've heard it before. 365-day season, five-a-day antenna possession. That's crazy. And jumbo perks are a blast to catch. Devil's Lake got many guide services that'll make sure your ice fishing trip will make you want to come back. Hey, bring your family. Let's have some fun. Check out devilslakend.com. And thanks. Zeal Heating and AC has let the dogs out. For a limited time, buy two, get one free. That's right. Buy a furnace and AC and get a free water heater. If your water heater is getting up there in age, there's a good chance it's the same age as your heating and cooling system. Save on monthly utility bills with new efficient equipment that comes with a free industry-leading warranty. Dezeal Heating and AC, serving Wright County and the West Metro. For details, call our comfort consultants or go to DezealHVAC.com. National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic is coming back to Minneapolis February 17th through the 19th at the Minneapolis Convention Center. See seminars on hunting, dogs, cooking, and conservation. Vendors selling the latest and greatest of everything. The Youth Village connects kids with nature and check out dogs, dogs, and more dogs starting with the Bird Dog Parade on Friday night. It's truly a wonderful experience whether you upland hunt or not. Buy tickets or see seminar list at pheasantsforever.org. Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely, Minnesota doesn't claim to be Minnesota's trout headquarters just because no one else does. They actually carry the largest selection of lake trout tackle found anywhere in northern Minnesota. And much of it is custom made right there at Arrowhead. This season, Arrowhead Outdoors is the only store in town renting ice houses for lake trout. And if you never caught a lake trout through the ice, get ready for an experience worth sharing. Hey, come relish the wilderness and the serenity of Ely area. And let Arrowhead Outdoors help you catch a few trout. The Four Outdoorsmen is being recorded live at Capra Sporting Goods. Welcome back to the Four Outdoorsmen. We are broadcasting at Capra's Outdoors in Blaine off Highway 65. Come down. We're talking with Fred right now. Anytime you have a question about guns, come in. There's a great staff here, and Fred, of course, is the gunsmith of record. We're going to go into some different things, a little fun topics. Everyone loves the top. You ever get into that rabbit hole on YouTube? Oh. Top five guns, top best you know, rounds for the military, top this, top that. I just did that with a battery jumper. <laughs> I love that stuff, and I think our listeners will too. And who better to talk to with than Fred? Fred, I'm going to give you a category. You can go top two, top three, whatever you want to do. This is a very general question, and I know it's your opinion, but give me the top two rifles of all time for whitetail in our neck of the woods in Minnesota. So we're not talking about out west here. Yeah, upper Midwest. Upper Midwest. What are the top two rifles that you've seen, worked with, used for a deer hunter? Well, I'm a big fan of, you know, I'm a big fan of bolt guns just from a reliability standpoint. 
So mine kind of hover around that category. You know, number one, number one choice probably would be, and my youngest son Zach will agree to this is the Rifleman's Rifleman or the Rifleman's Rifle, the Winchester Model Seventy. Mm-hmm. He, um, my uh, youngest boy. Uh, acquired his grandfather's Model 70, 270 featherweight, and he thinks it is the bomb. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, can't say he researches it on his own, can't, you know, say, you can't ever say anything negative about it. And it's a great, reliable platform, three-position safety, very, very safe gun, functional gun, and accurate. And in that 270 caliber, wonderful caliber for Minnesota whitetails. What uh, what year about did that come up, did that come about? So his gun is a, a post post 64 or a classic series. So his gun is probably maybe 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got several model 70s. Um, the others are all. I've got a 300 Win Mag that's also post, but the um, the others are all pre 64 guns. One's a 1943. Yep. Um, Model 70 standard grade. and Explain that 64 for some of the listeners. So, the pre or the post. So um, in, 19, in and around 1964, Winchester decided they needed to cut some costs. You know, the manufacturing price or mag- manufacturing costs on a Winchester Model 70 with uh, the full fl- follower clock extractor was a pretty expensive gun to manufacture. So they decided to go with a push feed model, much like a Remington 700. Still a great platform, but it was less expensive to manufacture. And, you know, folks going into it, a lot of it didn't rec- – a lot of them folks didn't recognize it right away. They, you know, just needed a deer rifle, et cetera. But then they started to look at that older gun and how well built it was, and they started to – Winchester picked up a little flack. And um, so everybody, whether it's a Model 94 Winchester or the Model 70 – the pre-64s are the king. They, right. The ones that people, Because of the craftsmanship. Yep. Desirability yep. is right there. And it, it's just how the gun was built. And the Model 94 is that old school lever action 30-30. Yep. You so. know, the, the, it's, it's kind of funny. I've had this conversation several times. And, um, you know, with lever guns, you know, there's that those folks that have that attraction or that... Um, you know, desire to own a lever gun. A lot of the older guys, he attributed to, you know, the John Wayne scenarios yeah. and the riflemen and things like that. Yep. And my boys see them, and um, if I pull one out of the safe in a lever gun, they, they call it the Longmire, you know, from the <laughs> Netflix Longmire series. Oh, yeah. You know, so it shows yep. how things change. Oh, yep. man. But I, um, my only connection is uh, my first deer rifle was a lever action 3030. And so I. I have a personal connection to it, but I sh- shoot a bolt now, and it's just so much more yep. accurate. It's you know, it's like uh, I think there's a nostalgia piece to the old lever actions, you know. But and, and there's nothing like that sound of throwing a lever or a lever, like <laughs> click, click, oh, that just click, like click. it's just it's just it's like, like the Red Rider, yeah, Red it, Rider, <laughs> and it's just like the same sound with like an old 870. Sure. You know, Absolutely. universal sign for get the hell out of my house is racking an 870. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what's number two on that list, Fred? The It would probably have to be, you know, as far as... So I've got many stories growing up about a Winchester Model 88 lever gun. So the Winchester Model 88 kind of came around the same... Well, it came manufactured after the time of the Savage 99. But it was a gun that was designed to compete with it. 
and it was a hammerless lever, unlike a Model 94. So it had a good cross-bolt safety, you know, just a safer gun overall. But growing up, my uncle owned a Model 88, and I remember being at the shack and hearing all the stories about this Model 88 and all the deer that it had shot and all the different <laughs> places it got drug around. Cool. And So it, it had lore attached oh, to it. Oh, it did. It, it, it really did. And um, <clears throat> so as time went on, I knew that I was probably never going to end up with my uncle's Model 88, but I had to have one of my own. So I started to watch and started to watch, and finally one came around. And when I go to camp now, I carry a, I bring a good bolt-action rifle. Prior, Well, let me back up a little bit. Now when I go to camp, it's a wonderful why I bring a gun at all, because I've either got one boy with me <laughs> yeah, or the other. Right. And the likelihood exactly. of me shooting a deer is slim and none. Right. But I used to bring, I'd bring a good bolt-action rifle, and that was, that gun was going to be carried the whole season until I got a buck. And then I was going to break out something more nostalgic mm-hmm. to carry around for the rest of the time. Because at that stage, my buck was harvested. The best I could do is maybe shoot a doe if there was, you know, if I had a tag or something like that. But um, so I carried that 88 and I remembered, all, you know, Minnesota, we spend a lot of time sitting in our stands looking at our guns. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it, having something that tells a story is right. kind of fun. Yeah. Yep, you know, when sure. you can look at it and look at that, you know, like we say, the craftsmanship or whatever that went into it. It's uh, that's when when it's all said and done. It's all about the history and the stories. Yep. And, yep. You know, camp is camp. And um, if we only went to shoot a deer, we probably wouldn't go. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Uh, you know, we see a lot of cool, older school, old school used guns come in here. And uh, we had a Smith & Wesson 357 that came in. What was that, 19? Yep, Model 19, I think. And it was made in, what was it, 1971 or 51? I'm not sure. I think it was 51. Because I remember saying it was like 70 years old. And the thing's in great shape. But you think about it, you think about the stories uh-huh. that, that you know, that that gun has traveled 70 years. It still operates just as good as out of the box. But think about the places that gun's been. Yep. Maybe some of them you don't want to think about. Well, But most know, of them on a gun like that. I, you know, I go back to that conversation. I had it with a gentleman uh, I have a buddy of mine that has written some outdoor articles for various publications, including Pheasants Forever, and I always said, you know, you should do a little spiff story, kind of like a last laugh from outdoor life or whatever it might be. But it's as simple as you want to implement an an additional gun law on gun owners. You know, and it's a law. It's regulation. And I said, right away, everybody's going to go crazy. But I said, the minute they start to read it, they realize it's kind of a spoof. And the simple thing that you want done is to leave at least a brief history of your gun in your gun. Yep. So when somebody buys it at an estate sale or they yep. get it at a garage sale or they buy it off a used gun rack, they can simply pull the recoil pad off and reach in and find a little scroll that talks <laughs> about this gun. It's right. got to be a scroll, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. And it's got to, you know, where it's been, what it's done, uh-huh. you know, who Deer count. It. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I... I pulled a lot of different stuff out of guns over years. I had a Winchester Model 12 one time, called the gentleman, hey, I've got your gun all done. And he says, well, what's the total? And I said, well, with your $50 um, down payment, you know, your balance is $25. He goes, $50 down payment? I didn't leave you down payment. 
And I said, well, I took your recoil pad off, and there was a C note rolled up in the buttstock. I assume that was down payment. <laughs> he said, Are you a fifty. I said a fifty dollar bill, and he said, I bought the gun at a garage sale for fifty dollars two weeks ago. Oh my and then gosh. he goes, you got to be kidding me. I said, no. And another occasion, same type of deal, I opened it up, and there was a, two hunting licenses from the 20s. Wow. And um, surprised you had to have a license back then. Yeah. Well, and the, <laughs> the interesting thing was the customer's name that was on the license wasn't the same as the customer that dropped it. Sure. So I, when he called, I said, the guns are all done. I said, does the last name, you know, Johnson, mean anything? He said, well, Johnson's my mother's maiden name. I said, how about Harold Johnson? Oh, that would have been my great grandfather, my or my grandfather, my mom's side, and I said I found two hunting licenses of his in the stock, nineteen twenty two, twenty three. He's like, you got to be kidding! Me. That's said, my cool. mom's going to go nuts. Yeah. That reminds me of that one time when I was fishing and I asked my uncle to pass me some sunscreen. He went in his tackle box, gave me some, and I came out weird and I put it on. This was like six years ago. It expired in 1989. He still had it in his tackle box. Oh, I get in trouble for that all the time. I bet you got fried, too. Oh, yeah. I think I got – it was worse. So let's talk about the rarest or coolest, if you will, gun you've ever worked on. Well, there are two to come to mind. Um, one of them is a gun that I own that was left to me by a very special customer. Um, years ago and that's uh he found out that my grandfather was 100 percent finn so you know he came in one time and showed me a Saco rifle that he owned and i oohed and odd over it a little bit and um he after he passed away i got a call from his wife and she said i've got a gun over here for you and i said well i don't think i Jim was a custom metallic reloader, so every once in a while he'd say, you know, can I do anything for you? And I said, well, you want to load up a pet round for this gun? And he would take it, and he'd figure out a load for it. And, you know, just he'd drop off ammo for my boys at the house, you know. <laughs> and he, it was uh, reduced loads to get them into shooting. Cool. And it was for boy number one, boy number two, and it'd be gift-wrapped a week before Christmas so you could put it under the tree. That's cool. That was who Jim was. But, um so I went over to the house, and sure enough, there was that gun in his recliner. His wife had, and she, oh, nope, Jim must have wanted you to have this. And there was a little tag on it, and it said, to Fred the gunsmith. And then you flipped it over, and he said, he's done me many favors. And um, I I cherish that one that forever. Awesome. But I told the boys, I said, nope, nobody's getting this one till dad's gone. And I said, this is the one dad carries all the time now. You might bury yourself with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a great story. We have a couple minutes left here. Real briefly, give us one or two tips for your average hunter to maintain their guns for their future for their children. What do they do after the season? Well, so I would I I tell folks two things. Number one is a little bit all the time means a lot never. So that means if you take the gun out for a weekend, don't bypass cleaning it. Get it as clean to the best of your ability before you put it up, even for a week, mm -hmm. you know, and that's going to give you the reliability out in the field from one weekend to the next. The other thing is if the gun takes a dunk, takes a drink, falls in the water, you know, you get into a snowstorm, you get into a rain deal, that's something that's going to require end-of-the-season maintenance yep. so that you get it ready for the, for the next year. But the n number one underlying thing is stay on top of things, and if you're not sure, check with somebody like me. 
Yeah, um, I was going to say real quick, you know, make sure that if you ever need anything done, come and check out Fred. He is, can handle anything under the gunsmith service umbrella. Don't drop your gun off the night before deer opener. It's not going to get done. Fred, we appreciate you coming on. Um, we could probably spend five hours with you, with your knowledge and stories and stuff. So we want to uh, thank you for coming on. We want to thank everybody for listening and struggling through this first one with a couple of random noises. <laughs> Hopefully it sounds okay. We want to wish you guys a happy new year. Fred, happy new year to you and your wife. And before we go, my buddy Mark's got something to say. Get outside and make some memories. The Four Outdoorsmen is being recorded live at Capra Sporting Goods.